Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings, everyone. This is Hugh Ballou, founder and president of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, where we work with leaders to create synergy with their vision. It's the vision of the leader that makes a difference, but it's also being able to create the synergy with your team. We're, we're talking with a fascinating guest today. I've just met Robin Osborne, but she found us and wanted to tell her story on the show. And what I know about it, it's a fascinating story and a very encouraging story. So Robin Osborne, welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. Would you tell people a little bit about your background? I mean, you've got a quite a varied background um, and your journey and your most recent journey. So give us a little bit of information about Robin Osborne. Absolutely. Thank you, Hugh. Um, well, I would say my journey started off, uh, I'll go back even to when I was 21. Um, unfortunately, my dad uh, took his own life and we were an all-American family. My mom gave us the opportunity to run the company. So alongside my twin brother and my sister, we took over the business in one day. We had 40 employees and it was the school of hard knocks. I would say my DNA, I've always been a natural leader. So I was an athlete, but I also have more dominant, confident personality style. Um, we all took a seat based on our unique abilities and the learning began. So for, for us, we have successfully ran the company for the last 35 years. Uh, 25 years in, we got stuck. I didn't know how to take the business to the next level. I read a book called Traction by Gino Wick Wickman, which really enlightened and gave me a new perspective on what we needed to do. I got trained on those tools. It's a business operating system, and it focuses on strengthening the six core components in your business. I came back, uh, my brother and I implemented it in our company, and we doubled our revenue in 24 months. So for me, the journey, the learning was that I wasn't being an amazing leader. I wasn't actually in alignment with our our core values in our company. And hence, this was part of the stuck of why we couldn't grow. So the value, do what you say, wasn't, wasn't my strength. I think I had a bit of an ego, a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. So once I really started to look at myself in the mirror, understand how I needed to step into leadership and, and truly drive the tools, uh, we created transformation. And I forgot to tell you, we are an FAA repair station. So we overhaul aircraft components. And I'm proud to say we've worked uh, for the last 30 years in government contract work. We overhaul the missile silos. We do the launch components that throw the trap door open. So high liability, and uh, for me, it's it's been a you know massive learning journey. I 
um, through the process, fell in love with coaching and consulting in those tools once I learned how to master it. So in 2014, I set out and built a second business. And that's what I do now is coaching and consulting. And I go into businesses and create transformation, not only in the business, but I would say people grow and change not only professionally, but personally as well. That is profound. You know, we forget that um, we're not the same person when we started this enterprise as when we are 10 years in or 20 years in and allowing ourselves that room to change. Now, I, we, we teach our audience, which are primarily clergy and nonprofit leaders, mostly nonprofit leaders, probably 90%. So um, we teach them that we are, in fact, running a business. It's not a for-profit business. It's a for-purpose business. Um, so it's, it's, and it's really a lot more difficult because you have a lot more rules and you got this volunteer dynamic and, you know, there's a lot of variables here. So, um, it, we talked a little bit about head trash. How do you unpack head trash for, for transformation so you can get from chaos to clarity? So before you answer that, the title of the show is you can't change what you tolerate. So I just gave you two questions. <clears throat> explain what you mean you can't change what you tolerate <clears throat> and then talk about getting rid of the head trash okay awesome i love this you can't change what you tolerate tolerate is really about it's about you it's about we can sit around and complain um we can continually uh be resistant to dealing with people issues because whether you're a for-profit or non-profit we've got to have the right people in the right seats. And what I find is people are not, um, they like to, you know, they're aware of the issue, but they're not addressing it. They're not actually having the difficult conversations. And in order to create change, we really need to get open, honest, and transparent with what's in the way. And, and I would say, first and foremost, we need to start with ourselves. We need to truly look in the mirror. So the the term head trash, which I I really like and I actually own the domain headtrash.com. <laughs> um, how can you unpack it? It's what I like to think a head trash is your inner voice. So the the inner roommate. What is it that internally that your negative self-talk what are you saying about yourself? So are you uh, not enough? Are you not smart enough? Are you not good enough? Like, what is that that we need to get to the root of? Where are you, you know, holding yourself back? Because you have, you're telling yourself a lie, basically. So I like to peel back the layers with my clients. Um, the other thing is, you know, how are we uh, operating in assumptions or interpretations that that actually aren't true? So those can be blind spots that really create or keep us in chaos. And then the other thing is the limited beliefs. And limited beliefs can start from when we're very young. 
but I'm a very, you know, strong advocate in really listening and hearing what words people are using. So if they're in always or never, or I don't know, sort of, kind of, probably, I think so, there's no clarity there. So we need to really pause and dig deeper. So head trash, as far as working with your um, colleagues, your is is first and foremost, I would say, seek to understand. So don't don't make an assumption and and really ask how and what what oriented open-ended questions to to really understand what's going on rather than we always we think we know what's truly going on but pausing and i call that power of the pause uh is very enlightening when you're looking to improve your team and and it's just you know even in your personal relationship with the significant other it's it works the same personally as it does professionally the power of the pause elaborate on that a little bit so the power of the pause is are we listening to hear or are we listening to react absolutely that's right when i first studied coaching my coaching teacher said pause three seconds after they finished talking and which does give you time to think, but it also validates that you've been listening. And, you know, sometimes I can tell when I'm talking to somebody, they're not listening, they're formulating their answer. So I don't want to set the wrong role model. So um, there's a lot of things you said in that that short narrative to the answer the question, but I think we we have inherited, and it's it's magnified somehow in the nonprofit sector, we've inherited some myths about leadership and you know whether you're you're dealing with a hundred million dollar revenue company and you have people that are paid high salaries or you're dealing with a community charity and you have volunteers there's still a responsibility to respond to people who are not functioning up to standard up to the the so there are a lot of ways that we set it up as a leader you know with not clear expectations but we make it worse by not doing what you said we don't address it. And of course, there's things you can address in a group and things you have to address one-on-one. -on -one. But what happens when there's... So let me give you an example. As a conductor, and I'm doing a rehearsal, and if the trumpets are too loud, I, if I don't address it, people are saying, what's wrong with him? So that's a bad leader. So if I stop and I say trumpets is too loud, take it down one dynamic. Well, I didn't insult them. I didn't criticize them. I had I analyzed what's going on. They made a note. I said, let's do it again. And they fixed it. So I addressed it. I didn't make it personal. I said, this is what we do. And then I said, let's let's have another go at it. But I find leaders, even power leaders, that don't want to do that because they got some myth about own, it's not polite to do that. What's going on there? Well, again, I think part of that is their own head trash so depending on what what it is they're assuming like if they want to they don't want to come off uh you know mean or overly aggressive or negative what i would say is what is their you know the pattern what is the trend in their their life 
where that's been reinforced. Um, the other thing that I like to do is, which is wonderful for a nonprofit because they are a purpose-based business, is always communicate from the values when you're really wanting to let someone in on what it is they they need to raise the bar on use the values because it's it's not personal it's always for the greater good of the organization and so the i i like the compliment sandwich so hey you're really uh doing well and and you know going above and beyond in this area but where i really need you to raise the bar is uh commitment to excellence in that you know we've repetitively had two or three times now where this hasn't been done that sort of thing that way i i you know it it takes that uh hesitation fear and truly that's where i say look at yourself in the mirror are you yourself aligning in those values because they they know to truly live and breathe them, you've gotta you've gotta own them and be them. Otherwise, you have culture that is dysfunctional. Well, and as a conductor, I know very well what I what they see is what I get. The culture is a reflection of the leader, and and so it's but it's magnified in real time when you're in a concert. So you talked about um, the right people in the right seats. So there's a there's a competency match. Sometimes in nonprofits, we want to put people we like in the certain seats, whether they fit or not. So there's mm -hmm. a there's a there's a competency match for the role and responsibility, but there's also a values alignment. So what kind of mistakes do people make in putting people in authority positions that they need to not make? So first and foremost, I, I don't believe, I think you're making a, a big air if you're building a structure around people. So a baseball team doesn't have three shortstops. It's got one. What is that structure we need to get us to where we need to go? Secondly, if we may have too many people in one seat, or they don't, there's not clear boundaries on what the defined roles are. So we're actually creating our own chaos. So really sitting down and simplifying the business and, and letting them know what their high level defined roles are for them to be accountable and responsible. So simplifying it and then right seats is you know, if if we've got someone that's a, uh, you know, does things on his time, his way or her way, and and they're they're basically an unruly child, and we're not taking the reins and and correcting that behavior, we're sending a really bad message to the rest of the team. So it's simple, it's just not easy, but effectively you're being a, a bad parent as a leader in the organization. And, and that's, you know, to me, the, the structure is everything. That's where you start. When you have chaos, 
you've got to look every quarter, every 90 days and ask yourself, do we have the right structure? Do we have the right people in the right seats? And you're making decisions based on your, your principles, based on your values. This is how we make decisions. And so it's really not you being mean. It's you. And I guess part of the intake process is clarifying uh, what you're just talking about. This is what your role and responsibility is. And a lot of leaders don't do that, do they? No, and that's where the, the title of our show, You Can't Change What You Tolerate, we're allowing it. We're allowing the dysfunction. We're encouraging it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, there's enabling behaviors, and then we blame other people. So come on. So let's hit on this. Uh, you've, you've referenced it, but let's come back to the summary. Why can't we change what we tolerate? I hit on that one time real hard. Well, you can't change what you tolerate if if you're not uh, initiating and taking action and creating a plan. In order to really transform, we 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 have to build a strategy and become something new, something different. Um, if we're just sitting around complaining or noticing that the same person's late for the fourth time, but we're not addressing it then that's on us. That's poor leadership. So really you can't change what you tolerate is about stepping up, leveling up and creating the new version. So I love, you know, the new year every year is, is really, we've got to create the behaviors by action. That's good. I, I wanted you to highlight it because you talked about it, but that's just square on. That's what this is all about. So talk about a miracle mindset and why is that important? So I had the gift of being a miracle. Two years ago, I was diagnosed in COVID. I thought I had depression and I had a baseball size brain tumor benign, but uh, shocking for, you know, myself, my husband, everyone around us. And evidently I'd had it my whole life and it had grown to the point where it was really impacting and affecting me. They did emergency surgery. They said I had a couple of days to live that it would take my life. So from going just into the emergency room, knowing something's off, um, asking them to scan my head because I kept seeing a purple circle on the wall. Um, I had a life-saving surgery. We didn't know if I was going to ever speak again. Uh, they said if they hit her carotid artery, I'm not going to make it. But the pressure was really, really bad in my brain. So I uh, woke up and I, my life has changed dramatically because I'm grateful for every moment. And I went through quite a recovery process in the healing from that surgery. It took me one year to walk one mile. And so to me, miracle mindset is really um, first and foremost is creating hope, creating hope in your life that um, envisioning what, you know, what does the goal look like when it's complete 
really spending time on what you can't do, but what you're going to create and what you will do. So miracle mindset to me, again, is about creating action. It's about um, really, you know, stepping into the possibility and leaving the head trash behind. Because taking a, a year to walk a mile, I never looked back, not one day. Some days I could go a quarter mile and then my neurology would give out on me. I would drag my leg back home and then the next day I would start back. So having the inspiration and motivation every day for the greater good of whatever that goal is. And for me, I, honestly, I used values. So the, the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, always do your best, don't make assumptions, don't take it personal and be impeccable with your word. I got there. So a little nugget, um, I have another opportunity. So I, I am deeply in the miracle mindset right now in that my tumor has come back and I have another major surgery in 17 days. And every, every day I'm stepping into gratitude. I'm creating the positivity. And what I heard a quote that said, optimism is attainable through gratitude. And that really uh, resonated with me because here, here's the truth. I could be facing, you know, death, um, but in my miracle mindset, it's, it's really about what is my next journey? I am, I believe being called for a higher calling. I am writing a book on this process. My goal is to share this hope and miracle mindset with the world. I believe we need hope, but I'm not, um, you know, spending time on what if, or why me it's, I'm here to, to really, um, be open to the journey and to help people learn through me. That is amazing. That is an inspiration. You know, many of us whine about things that are far less important. And, you know, that uh, miracle mindset is just, it's possibility thinking, which is not fooling ourselves. It is, you know, I've accomplished things in my life that had no logical reasons to work. And so I'm, I know I'm proof that that does work. And so I appreciate you. You're brave. You're a brave warrior and you are making a difference just by sharing your story with people. Um, and I want to add one more thing. God's the hero in my story. It's not me. So I get a lot of certainty and comfort in that. Absolutely. Talk about um, adversity warrior and stepping into your power a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I look at my life and everything and here's the truth. We're all adversity warriors. Okay. We, life isn't easy. We always have issues. So instead of calling it peaks and valleys, I call it peaks and pre-peaks because we're always on the cusp of a breakthrough. 
So again, adversity warriors having a positive outlook um, on whatever you're facing, no matter what. So an adversity warrior adapts and pivots and comes from what my definition of hope as an acronym is having only positive energy. So again, it's it's stepping into um, not, I would say it's, it's really, um, you know, like right now, um, my mantra is I am healed. Love it. Love it. That is, that is powerful. So we're recording this episode in, um, December of 2023. And before the end of this year, you will be having your surgery. You you're redirecting your web page to your caring bridge page. So if people want to keep up with your progress, they can just go to Robin Osborne, R O B I N O S B O R N.com. And for the time being, it's redirect. And when you're back and doing your work, it'll go back to your, your website. So it's, um, it's, you had so many helpful sound bites in this interview. So people can see the transcript and, and read that. They can also listen to it and view it. So if you want to find this, uh, you're listening to the podcast, you can go to the T-H-E nonprofit exchange.org, the nonprofit exchange.org. Uh, that's a function of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. We have a community of nonprofit leaders. We support each other. We learn. We learn to do better. And you can find us at nonprofitcommunity.org nonprofitcommunity.org. We're taking applications for new members, and this is where we do the kinds of things Robin's talked about, but it's the peer-to-peer -peer camaraderie, and you'll find uh, this is like a workshop. It's a it's a, a refresh. How do we think of new ways about our work? Robin, you've been a great inspiration to me. I learn every week, but I've learned some new stuff today. So what, what do you want to leave people with? A word of encouragement, a thought, a challenge? What do you want to leave people with today? I would like to say, um, you know, take action and initiate. Hope starts with you. It it really is um, internally about believing and continue to grow. So I, I just became commissioned as a C12 chair, which is a peer-to-peer -peer advisory group. And I'm launching in Yorba Linda. And it's for Christian CEO business owners uh, and executives. And I would just like to say, you know, I'm on a temporary pause because I have, I'm will be an adversity warrior for what's in front of me. And then I look forward to um, helping people, business owners become better. And so my message is um, please pray for me. Uh, I would like to ask everyone if they could please pray for me, but I would just say, um, believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's, uh, you're, I'll repeat, you're brave. And, um, thank you for sharing your wisdom today with our, our listeners on the nonprofit exchange. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the nonprofit exchange.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.